0: Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by
1: Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight.
0: Leadership is defined as influence, nothing more, nothing less. Most notably by John Maxwell and Oswald Sanders. Leadership is important, and there's just no way around this fact. John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. Now that's a bold statement, and one that I've come to embrace and to believe. The ability to decide, execute, and implement ideas, values, and priorities is a powerful catalyst for any organization, business, cause, or government. Food for Thought is changing the conversation about food insecurity in Michigan. We are discussing the place and priority of creating food security and where it should be on people who are leading great programs across our state to help people with their most basic needs. From the chambers of our legislature to the fields of our farmers, from the enormous bureaucracies of the federal government to the individual senior citizen or child in the classroom who struggles with hunger regularly, to the leaders of small programs and towns, villages of Michigan, to the powerful offices of people who decide, execute, and implement policies that either make it easier to create food security or harder. These people are who we are influencing. Our objective is to influence the influencers. Here's the thing. Every one of the places, positions, and programs I just listed are led by people. The programs, powerful offices, legislatures, and bureaucracies all have people leading them. And here's what I understand. People can and need to be influenced. I have found whether in the office of a senator or the office of a local program director, they all want to do what is right and best in regards to food insecurity. I haven't met anyone that wants senior citizens to continue to go hungry. So today, our guest is Gretchen Whitmer, the first candidate to declare for the office of governor for the great state of Michigan. Come back and be with Jerry, Gretchen, and me as we talk food security here on WJR. Welcome back to Food for Thought. Sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. It's Food for Thought here on WJR. Jerry Brisson is in the studio with me. Jerry, welcome back to uh, the Golden Tower. Here we are. Yeah, it's great to uh, be with you as always, but I'm going to skip our normal banter so that I can go straight to our guest, who uh, we're honored to have Gretchen Whitmer in the studio with us. So, Gretchen, thank you for taking the time out. Um, and that alone will tell us how important uh, changing the conversation about food insecurity across our state and the people who are struggling with it. Uh, and so, welcome to food for thought.
2: Well, thank you. I'm I'm really pleased to be here. I am um, passionate about a lot of the same issues that you are, and I'm grateful for the work that you're doing. So well, I'm, I'm looking you. forward to this.
0: So we have a, th- and that's just what it'll be—just a conversation um, around the uh, kitchen table here, and uh, and and talk a little bit about. Exactly what our mission is and we started doing food for thought last this past January and our our objective is to change the Conversation and we said that we wanted to be innovative and we are but we also didn't want to defend what doesn't work And so that's the kind of the nature of the conversation one of the reasons uh, That we wanted to have you in the studio with us. We can do this over the phone and those are those are cool but we really wanted to spend time with you, and we appreciate you spending time with us. So uh, we know that 16% of the general population in the state are struggling with food insecurity. And that is trending downward, so we're all excited about that. And, but we also know that, um, you know, over 20% of children are facing food insecurity to no fault of their own. And for all of us, I think, in this room and more, that's unacceptable
2: truly unacceptable. I think that, you know, when the the fundamentals for people aren't being met, they have no opportunity to even worry about any other issue. And I think, you know, as I'm getting around the state and I've been in rural parts of the state, I've been in downtown Detroit and I've been in 42 out of the 83 counties. um, I'll tell you that there are a lot of people who are struggling with the fundamentals in Michigan. We're worried Mm. about our kids getting the education they need or we're worried about paying our bills, our rent. Mm. And frankly, hunger is an issue that, um, in the the world's richest economy that that should never be a fact and it and it sadly is and we've got a lot of work to do on that front
0: yeah she's gretchen whitmer she is a candidate for the governor's office here in the great state of michigan and my co-host i am so proud of you for being quiet this
1: long (laughs) so go ahead yeah put it on the calendar right (laughs) (laughs) you know um so most of the time when people want to talk about basic needs, it's when the economy's struggling and things are bad and you know everybody knows it and you, you get a lot of people into the conversation at that time. So one of the things that we're, we're trying to do on the show is remind people that, yeah, things are better and looking up and of course that's the best way to help people. In the meantime, when times are good is when you really need to think about how you're spending your resources to shore things up so they'll keep growing and keep getting better. And so as you're you know out here seeing this um, you know, how, how do you contribute to that conversation? What are the things we need to do in your mind to shore things up and make sure that everyone moves along with the economy as it grows?
2: Well, I think that you know, whether I am in Alpena, Michigan, or Grand Rapids, um, the fact of the matter is, there are are too many kids struggling in our state to have their basic needs met. Um, whether it's clean water in some cities and and mm-hmm. areas, or it is food, or it is a stable home environment; um, These are fundamental needs that until we meet them, we can't ever even expect that they can uh, study or get educated or be productive citizens, ultimately, that we've got to meet people's basic needs. And so I think that that's a conversation that's really important. Another thing that I'll point out is, um, you know, I do think that people are, are are frustrated because as we see some great things happening in our state and we see the unemployment numbers low and mm-hmm. the economy turning around, in some respects, that it hasn't meant that their household has been able to grow with the economy. And I think um, access to, you know, great education, uh, access to high-wage skills, making that available to people, it's so critical to making it really um, an economy that grows our incomes along with it.
1: You know, we just released uh, in September the Self-Sufficiency Standard for Michigan. And part of the reason we did that is because we wanted people to see what does this practically mean. So one of the things we learned from it is that of the 10 most common jobs in Michigan, only one pays a living wage. In other words, pays enough to cover all of the basic needs for a household. And it looked at 700 or more different household types. So it's not a one size fits all solution. And I know when you start talking about Alpena and Grand Rapids and rural areas in downtown Detroit, you're looking at such a Uh, complex number of situations. So how do you start to address those? I mean, I I know you're you're so involved in so many things. I mean, what are your thoughts about how to start working at that? Well,
2: I think the fundamentals are that we've got to make Michigan a place where every child is prepared to succeed. And that means basic health care. That means food. That means water. That means education that prepares them for the world. Um, But also that we are connecting all of our um, residents with, whether they're just a Recent high school graduate or someone in the middle of their career who's needs retraining with access to high wage skills, meaning uh, making four year degree um, affordable for people. But a four-year degree is not the path for everyone, nor should it be. So that means free community college skills for um, retraining or for training after high school or um, apprenticeships so that people can get into the skilled trades. Right here in Detroit, we see this phenomenal um, stadium having been built, and they were importing people from Ohio and from Canada because we didn't have enough people with the skills necessary to do the Mm. jobs. And it's not because everyone's full employment and, and making, you know, a great living, as you just pointed out, is that there's not been that connection between um, getting people into the skills that they need and to higher wage jobs so they can take care of their basic needs and, and raise a family and retire, which is what the Michigan Dream was all about for so many people for so many decades. And that's what we deserve and need in this state.
0: Well, it's exciting to have you here and to have this um, conversation with you one-on-one. Uh, you know, I think back to the employment figures here in Michigan. They are what? You know, I don't know. A really low, 5% or so. and uh, But we go back to 1980, and we've said this quote on the show a couple of times. It was then newly elected President Reagan said, the best social program is a job. But Jerry can tell you that from his investment of his career over this time frame, there is a direct disconnect between full-time employment and food security. It's just not there anymore. It was then, in fact, didn't you start, when you first started in this work, you scr- that was the only screening yeah. question you
1: had. That's all we had to know really was, was a person employed. If someone was employed, they were food secure. It was not 100%, but it was pretty well connected, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, over time, things change, right? And so one of the things that's changed is the relationship people have between employment and food security. And we know that because when we ask people who come to see us um, whether or not they're employed, 47% are employed. And a huge number of them are working more than one job. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as as Phil and I have talked about many times, how many days are you going to go to work when you come home and you still can't meet your basic needs? After you've worked for 12 or 14 hours and you still can't meet your basic needs, you know, you can't just say go get a job at that point.
2: Right. It's demoralizing, and it, and it, it doesn't work. Um, the the sad truth is that it's not that we need more jobs. It's we need better jobs. It's ne- that we need high-wage skills. There was a point in time where our workforce was the most skilled workforce on the planet. People moved to mm. Michigan from around the world, from the right. Middle East, from Holland, you know, to the right. west side of the state, from right. Finland to the UP. Um, you know, people moved into Dearborn for great jobs with Ford Motor Company that paid from Alabama. them well. From Alabama. right
1: Right here in our own
2: studio and and that was the great michigan story and unfortunately Mm, right now you know if you work 40 or more hours a week there's still a great percentage that you're not able to meet your basic needs because wages haven't improved for the individual um doing the work and and we're we're behind on skills and that's why it's incumbent on on me and every every person who's um really caring about not just our economy but our our household economy is moving forward, that we get more people into high-wage skills.
0: Wow. Great. Great discussion, guys. Let's keep it going. Let's go take a little break here, pay some bills. We'll be right back. This is Food for Thought with uh, Jerry Brisson, Gretchen Whitmer, our candidate for uh, the Democratic primary for the office of governor, Dr. Phil Knight. We'll be right back. It's Food for Thought
2: with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of
0: Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here with you on Food for Thought. Jerry Brisson, my esteemed co-host, thought leader in this industry. And we're really happy to have Gretchen Whitmer in the studio with us, our candidate for uh, the Democratic position for governor of the state of Michigan, and we're talking food security. And uh, Jerry, you got a toolkit over there.
1: (laughs) Well, I certainly have uh, ideas about the pieces that have to be in it. You know, one of the things we say on this show is hunger is solvable. And we say that in part because we know that we can develop the right set of tools to solve it. It's not going to be something anybody does alone. You've got to consider the economy. We just talked about how jobs have changed for people and how the tools we need to bring to that challenge have to do with training and education and access, right? Those kinds of tools. We talked about wages. Wages is another tool that gets people to self-sufficiency. We work in the emergency food business. That's what we do at Gleaners. That's what our food banks do across the state. We know that's a really important tool to take hunger off the table for families. So as we start thinking about building this toolkit of things to solve a problem like hunger. How do you see that? How do you see those tools and the and the toolkit we got to have in order to fix this?
2: Well, I think we all have a vested interest in solving this problem, whether it's, you know, it, it's the teacher in the classroom who's trying to teach a child who's hungry, or it is um, a business owner who's looking for talent and trying to ensure that people um, they hire or, or try to lure to come and move into Michigan have got real opportunity and see that Michigan offers a great quality of life. We all have a vested interest in solving these issues. One of the things that that I'm always thinking about and concerned about is, you know, are the children in our schools and how many of them get two meals a day hmm. at school and how few people appreciate why that's so fundamental. And some communities have done great work in partnerships with the private sector um, to provide meals for children through the summer months when they're not in school. Um, but there's weekends and there's holidays. And, you know, there is, um, I think, a, a lot of a lot of things that need to be part of the toolkit. But you're the expert, so I hope you're going to tell everyone what, what you think uh, we need to do better.
1: Well, I certainly think that the state of Michigan has been one of the most important pieces of the toolkit and how this state of Michigan interacts with those of us on the ground. I mean, whether it's the Michigan Agricultural Surplus System, which is a way that we actually Get food directly from farms, from, par- from farmers who don't have all the market they need for everything they grow. So we get that food at just the cost to get it. You know, th- there's no profit in it, but it does help farmers then have something to do with that food. And that goes right to low-income people. It is the freshest, best food from an agricultural state that's what number in the country for the, variety? The second. <laughs> number two. For variety only in agriculture California. in the state, second only to California. I mean, so that's a really creative way that the state of Michigan is directly involved in helping the economy, helping farmers, but also helping low-income people. I think there's a you know a huge amount of opportunity within the state to drive better results on this issue. And I mean, that's that's something you're probably more familiar with than we are. I mean, what do you think?
2: Well, I think you know you look at some of the reaction to government failure at its worst in Flint, Michigan. Again. But some of the things that have come from that, in terms of how, making the farmers' market available and open, ensuring that there are food trucks with produce, fresh produce, knowing that that's what remediates the best, um, mm-hmm. in terms of trying to remediate some of the lead damage that was done to the children of Flint. And so, I think that those partnerships are absolutely critical, and the state plays uh, an important role in in convening, you know, the, the all of the stakeholders, but also strategizing about how do we connect farmers who are doing amazing work across the state with the population who really needs the the access to fresh food. Connecting the dots. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and that takes the shape for us, Gretchen, in the form of a blueprint to solve hunger. Um, and that's what the board of directors, the seven leaders of the food banks across the state, uh, have commissioned the Food Bank Council to do is to create this. And we think there are f- at least four Major tools in that toolbox, one would be um, would be SNAP or federal programs and state programs like Jerry mentioned that you helped uh, in your time as the uh, member of the House and the Senate here in Michigan and as the Senate Majority Minority Leader there to make sure programs like Mass were funded to their best, that creates secondary markets for farmers, but gets fresh food to the people that we serve most. So thank you for that, first of all. So there's federal programs, state programs. There's um, personal responsibility of the people. I think I've never met anyone who's in, who is food insecure that wants to stay there. Right. And I think that the mislabeling of people sometimes that, are, that need help, need a little bit of help, uh, is sad it's not appropriate. And uh, and then I think that there's us. There's this food bank network that is an incredible return on investment for whether it's federal, state, or private charitable uh, dollars that, um, what do you get food for? What do you buy food for per pound? Six, yeah. So, six. I
1: mean, like fresh produce is less than 15 cents a pound. So, right. I mean, and it depends on what we're buying, but we can get 23 boxes of cereal for what you pay retail for one, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people out there that, that want to solve this problem and that are willing to work with us on those kind of prices. I mean, it's impossible to find, and yet there they are, right?
2: Well, and that's why it's so important that you're getting that word out, that we can ensure that people know the best way to help a food bank in your community or, or in another community across right. the state is to make a contribution, a financial contribution. To empower you to have that that buying ability, because um, donating jars of peanut butter is great, but we know that you can do a lot more because of the network that you've that you've got and um, your ability to do that. It's it's really phenomenal the work that the food banks are doing across the state.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I, I'm honored to do it. And, and I know that the, the, the many people, the donors and the farmers and the, the people in retail who are helping us, right, I mean, they know it too. And, and so it takes all those people put together to make that real. And so certainly we have a role and we're proud to play it, but there's so many people we depend on that make that real.
0: Mm-hmm. But honestly, Gretchen, we can't do it if we don't have a champion like yourself that understands the value, as you said, in Maslow's hierarchy of need, food first. If you're not meeting the basic needs, then. To, and to hear you say that, I'm going to tell you, is both powerful, inspiring, and refreshing.
2: Well, thank you. I, you know, I've. I've... I've learned a lot in my lifetime, but I tell you, there's nothing you learn more than being a, a parent of a child and mm. getting into the schools and, you know, trying to to help other kids who don't have the resources, who don't have the access, whose parents are stretched by working a couple jobs and, and they need um, and deserve to have their fundamental needs met. And that's that's incumbent on all of us to work together to make sure we do that.
0: Well, we think so, too. There's a business strategy uh, to our blueprint, and uh, Jerry's leading in a couple of efforts in that here at Gleaners, uh, and how do we, how do businesses, we help businesses. So we're, we have a project uh, with uh, healthcare uh, that Jerry's leading. We also have a project with, uh, in the southwest part of the state, with uh, uh, workforce retention. And, and so it's, you know, we're not just a charity. Now we're becoming more of a business partner because of the disconnect between employment and Food security.
2: Well, and I love the the word partner because Mm -hmm. I think that's really critical. That's how we look at many issues that we're facing as a state. But in terms of food security, it takes partnerships from, as you pointed out, the federal government, the state government, uh, frontline organizations, and and thought leaders in terms of how do we meet this need. We've got this phenomenal agriculture sector here and a great deal of need, and Mm -hmm. it's incumbent on all of us to meet that need because we all benefit when we do.
0: It's like we almost need a czar to coordinate this. I don't know. Maybe that's a platform. Maybe that's a suggestion. A food
2: czar. I mean, honestly, yeah, that yeah. there's um, there's might be some merit to that. Maybe yeah, we should work a food czar,
0: that. nonprofit czar, something like yeah. that. To I mean, just that would under the office of a governor would would cause us to it would be the backbone organization in a collaborative work plan.
2: I think there's that there's might be some real beef to that idea we can put. Let's on. think about I like that. that. Okay, beef that and through. vegetables.
0: True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Absolutely.
2: Substance. <laughs> Sustenance and substance.
0: Yeah. So I'm Dr. Phil Knight, he's Jerry Basson. We're with Gretchen Whitmer, who is the uh, Democratic candidate, candidate for the office of governor here in the great state of Michigan. We're gonna wrap this show up, but not before we have another segment with Gretchen. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here on WJR Food for Thought with Jerry Brisson and our guest, Gretchen Whitmer, who is a candidate for the Office of Governor for the great state of Michigan, and we're having a great conversation. I appreciate you being here so much.
2: Oh, I've, I'm enjoying it very much, and the work you're doing is so important, Dr. Knight, so I'm glad to be here.
0: Thank you. Well, we are changing the conversation about food insecurity. Um, we It's really no face for food insecurity anymore, because it could be anyone's mm-hmm. face, and uh, it's, you know, one of the things that we really talking about are uh, policies that are often embedded in federal legislation uh, that that really make our job of creating food security for the state tougher. Uh, we do have policies embedded in legislations, practices uh, that that really de incentivize people to work. I mean, we know that they fall off the cliff at 11.50 an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So they're ineligible for any benefits. Now SNAP stretches out there a little bit further, but but child care and housing, you're off the map. At, at, and so, why, didn't, why couldn't we make this a ramp? So, the conversation we'd really like to have with the next administration and with you is to say, what would it take for us to, for Michigan to become a test state and challenge USDA and the Department of Educ- Agriculture so that we could make this a ramp and extend those benefits, those work supports out further so that people can use them to leverage. Because we really do believe, Gretchen, that if you could take hunger off the table and replace it with food security, most people will solve the rest of the problems themselves. Mm -hmm. But until you do, as you said, basic needs, your mind's not free to think about health care or a better job or more education or anything that can help you improve yourself because... Your mind is consumed with the idea of what am I gonna eat and more importantly, what am I gonna give my kids?
2: Right. Well and I think that, you know, one of the inherent abilities of a governor is to structure state government and um, certainly, there are ways that we can do better. Our, we have an old uh, post World War II structure, and mm. it's not meeting the needs of people. And it's not. Mm. Uh, I think there's always room for improvement in terms of how do we streamline and make available all the resources so that it's not so hard for someone who's having a hard time meeting their bills or feeding their family to navigate government. So they they're not artificially given you know um, different rules based on how much they're making. We need to incentivize work. We need to incentivize um education and and not you know disincentivize it by by cutting people off once they reach a certain level um you know, what we know is that when you've got a healthy population, when you've got a strong population, that means they're able to um, get through school. That means mm. that they're able to get the skills they need and become a productive member of our workforce and to drive our economy forward. So meeting people's food insecurities and addressing it and it is something that benefits everyone in our state. Right. It creates a stronger economy and... Um, I think that it's going to be really critical that we we bridge the conversation between, you know, uh, parties, between parts of the state, between uh, the business community and the uh, non for profit community and individuals in the state, because this is a core problem that when we address, we are all better off.
0: Right. Awesome. I agree with you. I'm ready to
1: get my hanky out
0: and say amen here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many winners when food security is solved. And, and we've known for a long, long time that education wins, which is why there's meals in school. Um, so how do you take that to the next level and say, okay, so meals in school is part of the toolkit. How do we make sure those kids are never hungry? Right. Mm-hmm. Not just in school, but also at home. And yeah, it, it gets into difficult issues like, well, do we want to, you know, encourage people who maybe could do more not to do more because we're giving them more? I mean, there's this idea that you have to use legislation to encourage personal responsibility. I'm not against that. But in the meantime, you can't let the kids go hungry. So how do you take all that into account and make sure that your policies align with what makes people productive? And sometimes the punishment mentality just doesn't work.
2: Well, I think it's important that you have a very clear vision of what you want to accomplish and that we marshal all of the phenomenal resources across the state and show leadership in terms of trying to solve the problems that are standing in the way and take out punitive measures that, that don't. Impact or improve the likelihood that people are going to stay in the workforce and strive to get into better paying jobs and the education they need to, to do that, um, that we're empowering people instead of punishing people. It's um, Food is a basic core need, and every human being deserves to have that need met, and it's in all of our interests to
1: meet it. And, you know, the people on the front line of this are often law enforcement. And they see this in the houses they go into when they've got to stop a problem, Mm -hmm. right? A problem that's escalated to a serious level. And they will tell you, and I've talked to many, many police officers um, who will tell you that when there's no food in somebody's cupboard, the likelihood that a problem escalates to the point where they're needed is significantly higher. We've had this, a good relationship with law enforcement for many years because they know if you take that problem off the table, many times a problem that gets to the point of violence, doesn't get that far because that stress is gone. I mean, now I know that's one example, but it's such an important example. Punitive measures, punishing people, doesn't necessarily solve those real on the ground problems people have when they don't have enough food.
2: And it can make the problems worse. Yeah,
1: right, exactly Mm -hmm. right. Well,
0: I'm absolutely convinced, and I think some of our research certainly indicates that when you're talking about educational outcomes, if you want kids to reach third grade reading level by third grade, you better make sure they're food secure. If you want uh, instances of uh, disruptive behavior to, to decrease in schools, make sure kids have access to food. And, and watch what happens. And, and that's probably what I want to ask you to right now is, what would Michigan look like if it was food secure?
2: It would look very different. You know, I think that it would look like kids who are ready to learn when they get to school and have a greater opportunity to be successful. I think it would look like uh, families who don't have all of the domestic stresses or at least one domestic stressor taken Mm -hmm. off the table, the fundamental one would improve uh, quality of life. And I think that it would mean that our economy is a huge beneficiary of it as well.
1: I, I, I got to agree with you. Jerry, got a thought there? Well, I mean, it's as, as ridiculous as it may seem, I work a lot better when I'm not hungry. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. it. It makes people happier to work with, right? Even anyone near you, anyone near you. So if you add the physical feeling of hunger to the stress of imagining that never going away, what kind of worker are you? And yeah. it amazes me how much strength people actually have. People who go through this and still have the strength to be happy at work, that's, a, that's amazing. So, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset that taking food security and making it something everyone can count on drives so much more success than the cost of providing food. Yeah.
0: So, a food secure person misses three and a half meals per week. And the problem is they don't average for a week, right? They bunch up at the end of the month. So I I am encouraged today to hear how uh, genuine and passionate this food security issue is to you personally. And uh, I I I think you said, you know, when you don't learn more than when you're a parent. And I just can't imagine the toxic stress of a parent trying to figure out what am I going to eat and what am I going to give my kids? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and and no child, uh, you know, chooses the household into which they're born. No child chooses the zip code into which their school district is. You know, it's it's incumbent on us to level the playing field and meet kids' basic needs, and that starts with making sure that every child um, and family is food secure in Michigan.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, we think about the uh, the idea that a, a chain is is only as strong as its weakest link, right? And so, how do we how do we make that that those folks who are struggling. And I think we talked about a lot of great ideas. We'd like to continue the conversation as uh, the days unfold. Count me in. Great. Super. Uh, She is Gretchen Whitmer. She is a candidate for the Office of Governor in the great state of Michigan. Jerry and I will be right back to recap the show. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Gretchen Whitmer, our guest in the studio, Jerry, and uh,
1: you're... Thoughts. Now, what a great pleasure to talk to Gretchen. She's clearly passionate about this issue. Um, that's always good for us to see because we have a lot of work to do, and state government is going to play a big role. And the governor's office is a very important place to make things happen. I was excited that we could talk about the idea of a food czar, and you know, somebody who might uh, kind of look at food security on a much more holistic uh, basis, right from the governor's office. I think that's an exciting idea. Your idea, doctor. No surprise. It's a good one, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, occasionally. Um, One of the things I liked really about Gretchen uh, was she listens. She has great listening skills. And for those of us who do this work, I think sometimes we can feel as though we're not listened to. Now, some of that is our fault and how we're communicating, right? But I think there's also that that I really appreciated her uh listening skills as, as as a trained communicator and 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 counselor and all of that you really look at those cues and uh and I think when people are listening to you it it uh, communicates a level of not only interest but care
1: and a certain humility too you know, I think coming into things saying I have something to learn is a very good place to be. We all have things to learn. And so I, I agree with you 100%. I think, I think she was a good listener and, and had a few good things to say as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some
0: really good things to say. So I, I think that we have to um, remind folks that the purpose of Food for Thought and the Food Bank Council and the seven food banks, uh, we're, we're not really interested in taking uh, a position on endorsement. But we do want to inform the conversations about this race and about other races across the state that will and do impact our mission to create food security.
1: And we know that the state is a hugely important partner to us. And so as people are in and around and involved in these issues, we want them on the show. We want to hear their point of view. We want you to hear them. I mean, we believe hunger is solvable. And part of the reason we believe it is because Everybody wants this fixed. So we want those voices. It's really important to have those perspectives.
0: You know, when I worked in this world, in this political world, and did consulting, the one of the things you, you, you as a consultant, you really couldn't, you didn't like to have to deal with were um, one-issue voters, That's really hard. It's really hard to work with. Uh, But I think that to make the point that we do want our listeners to make policy-informed decisions about the people that are going to lead our state, and we think food security, while it may not be the only issue, it is one of the issues.
1: And a very critical one if you want everything else to succeed. I know we talk about this a lot, but every dollar you spend in job training, If you spend it without addressing food security, you're wasting some of that money, right? And so you've got to address food security first and just, you know, continuing to be able to make that point. Job training is critical. Education is critical. But you can't fix those things without fixing food security first. And Gretchen made that point. Yep. It, it, was, you, it was as she'd been reading
0: our playbook on the, on, the, on the blueprint to solve hunger with Maslow's hierarchy of need. If you can't meet people at their basic need, the physiological level, she said, it really doesn't matter what you're going to do after that
1: because you got to do that first. Well, it makes it twice as hard at the very least, right? Twice as hard to solve anything else. I, I think that's absolutely sensible.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I not even sure you can do it. I mean, if I'm worried about air, water, food, I really don't have much space or capacity to worry about anything. else. I'm yeah. not thinking about health care. I'm yeah. not thinking about a job no.
1: training program. You understand? I do. Yeah. I do. You know, I remember when my mom was going through her health challenges and sitting with her in the hospital room and being an advocate for her as people walked in. And one of the things I'll never forget about that experience is that um, you need, when you are most in need... Is when you need advocates. It's when you need people standing with you because your head isn't on straight. It can't be. Mm. You're you're too stressed to think things through. So having somebody walking with you as you're going through that is very, very important. And it, it what make it's what makes doing this work such an honor. We're able to walk with people at a very rough time in their life and help them become successful.
0: You're right. Well, Jerry, it's time for a little food for thought. John Rockefeller said he would pay more for a leader who could deal with and motivate a large number of people more so than any other characteristic didn't matter the degree they had didn't matter their experience but whether they could lead and influence and motivate a large number of people well that's certainly what the office of governor will be required to do whoever wins the governor's chair will be required to lead motivate inspire even a large group of people. So I want you to stay tuned to Food for Thought because as these campaign days unfold between now and next November 2018, when we do elect statewide officials and uh, representatives and senators that will carry on this work, we want you to be informed about their stance, their beliefs, and who they are, especially in regard to food security. So stay tuned. We'll have more guests that will talk that are going to be running for office here on Food for Thought. So thanks for listening, everyone. Jerry and I will be right back next week for another exciting episode of Food for Thought. Remember, food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan, and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.